Okay, good. Uh, in case you didn't notice, we got the, the two tables that were just mentioned there on the either side. Small groups coming up. And listen, this is a kickoff day. You know what a kickoff is. It's a big deal, right? I mean, everybody gets excited. So we're all going to stand, right? No, no, I'm joking. But we're all, you know, you get excited about a kickoff, right? We're kicking our summer small groups off. We actually got, we thought we'd probably uh, have a couple less. We actually got one extra small group than we had, one more than we had in our first spring semester. Some of them uh, in the spring semester, everything was fellowship, but this semester we've actually got some spiritual groups as well. Uh, a couple of those, very, very excited about. Um, one of them is uh, Lost and Found. And we've got a lot of people in our church that you've lost loved ones over the past couple of years and still dealing with that, or maybe even longer. And uh, they're meeting just once a month. And so for summer, that's three times. You'll get a lot of encouragement if you'll come on, uh, I think it's the last Friday of the month, but you can find that out at the table. Also, uh, Deva, as a result of a lot of ladies asking her after she preached back Mother's Day, she doesn't call herself preaching what she did, but uh, the actual definition of the word, that's what she did. Uh, so I, I say preaching. And uh, a lot of people have asked her, and so she is going to be doing a prayer time with ladies for the summer, and I think that's going to be five or six only five or six meetings. So we do these real short, so when you commit to it, you're not committing to, you know, we're not, not asking you to sign over any of your kids or anything, but just want you to be, because listen, you need a place to connect, because uh, what we do here for a few minutes is good. I'm talking about the connection before and after church, but you need a place to connect, and you can do, do one of these groups for three months, and in the fall, there'll be something else. And uh, so listen, listen, I'm your pastor, I'm telling you. You need to be connected. And if you say, well, there's just nothing over there really that fits me, then you know what? You need to see me, and we need to talk about you leading a small group in the fall because uh, probably every one of you, you've got something you like to do, and all you need is about four or five other people that like to do it as well. Get together, and guess what? You, you've got a small group. So uh, please, after service, please don't forget, we had last, last uh, semester we had it in the back. This, this semester we've got them up front because we want you to remember and see them. We're going to close around the uh, altar area again probably this morning. And when we close, you know, you're going to be walking almost past them. We don't have one sitting in the middle there for you. But you'll be turning around and seeing those. So please, uh, I'm taking some extra time here today to tell you how important it is for you to connect with other people around you, and not just for these few moments that we have before and after service on Sunday and even on Wednesday night, okay? So let's get in, back into our, our uh, sermon series today on the island. And to, last week, you know, we talked about a guy that tried, was spending a lot of time, spent years trying to get off an island and all the things it took to get off that beach. Well, today we're talking about another, uh, well, it's actually a group of guys that are trying to get off an island. Uh, how many have ever seen the movie Cool Runnings? Just a few of you, right? Okay, so you're going to get a little bit of an introduction of what the movie's all about, and and, uh, and I hope you'll see enough clips that you kind of can follow what's going on. And uh, it is a it is it's a really cool movie. It's a I think it's made by Disney, and you'll see it I see it a lot of times on TBS and some of those channels as well as, as they're showing it a lot because it's got a few years on it. But it's a true story, and so let me go ahead and set this up, especially since we've got a lot of people that's never seen the movie. It's a true story back in 1988. Something like that, close to it. 1988, uh, four sprinters from uh, Jamaica decide that they're going to be bobsledders. Now, you know, and the problem is they don't have snow, they don't have ice, they don't have anything like that. You know, none of them have ever been around it. And uh, so that's some of the problems, the things that go on. And, but these guys, they want so bad to get out of their little box, their island. I mean, it's their box. They want it so bad to get out of that, they're willing to do... Whatever it takes to get off the island, okay? So that's why today I've got on my 
I got on my Jamaican, more Jamaican-looking shirts, you know, because we're, we're talking about this. So, so Cool Runnings, when they name their sled, uh, when they, they get their nice-looking sled, you'll see them in an old sled in, in, in some clips, but then you'll see them in their nice-looking sled. When they get their nice-looking sled to get it all painted up and all that, they, they're going to give it a name, and uh, they name it Cool Runnings, which is the name of the movie. But then what, what uh, we've taken for our subject for this message today is the definition of the name Cool Runnings, which is peace be the journey. Now, God tells us uh, in Isaiah, he tells us that he will keep, and let's look at that verse of scripture, if you will. Uh, It says that he will keep him, or speaking to God, he says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. I've heard this quoted a lot. Sometimes we say it quick. It says, God will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. Let me tell you about this piece. We're going to have a word of prayer and we're going to get into some clips and, and uh, actually going to get into some scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 4. He will keep you in perfect peace. Now, I, I want to talk about this perfect peace. That's what I want to talk about today because we sometimes think peace is the absence of war. You know, peace is the absence of conflict. Peace is the absence of trouble. But God's perfect peace gives you peace in your wars, in your battles, in your troubles, and in your conflicts. He wants to give you perfect peace. And I thought about it this way. I thought about it this way that if we could use a different term, call it actionable peace. Y'all ever heard the term actionable? Okay. Ever heard the term actionable information or actionable, uh, you know, uh, intelligence? You know, you know what that means? I mean, if you're a 24 fan, anybody here have watched 24? I mean, they talk about actionable, actionable intelligence, meaning that intelligence is information, but when it's actionable information or intelligence, that means you can act on it. That's what God wants to give you. He wants to give you actionable peace. Not just a peace that you can say, oh, it just feels so good to just be in his presence for 10, 20 minutes, maybe an hour on Sunday morning. He wants to give you an actionable peace that you can act on every day of your life. So not when just you're standing with a whole bunch of Christians singing and enjoying the presence of God, but when you're out there fighting the battles, when the devil's showing up on your doorstep, knocking on the door saying, let me in, let me in. God wants to give you an actionable peace that gives you something that you can deal with, that you can handle the devil, something that you can act on every single day of your week. That's what the message is about today. So let's pray. Father, I love you and thank you, God, for your word, Lord. And I thank you for this actionable peace, God, that we're going to uh, delve into for a little while here. And I pray, God, somebody begins acting on the peace that you have already given to us, Lord. You, you just laid it out before us, God. You've, you've uh, laid it in our hands. You've put it in our hearts, God. You've shared it with us. You've made sure we have it. And God, we, we just, we just use it. We, we squander it. We waste it. We forget about it, God. We don't keep it. We don't hang on to it. I pray, God, that today you just enable some of us, Lord, if we're going through troubles, trials, battles, uh, sin, temptations, God, if uh, we've messed up our yesterday and our, and our future looks bleak, God, help us somehow today to get a hold of your actionable peace, this perfect peace that you promise you will keep us in if we keep our minds stayed on you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And it was really cool, I thought, uh, you know, when I was studying, preparing for this, just how, how some things, and, and I told you last week, yeah, I may be a little weird, but I watch movies and I see biblical truths in them. You know, but I, you know, I'm walking down the street and I see biblical truths. You know, I, I, I look at a tree and I see biblical truths. You know, things like that. And, and here again, uh, I want to read the scripture first, then we'll watch a, a clip. But uh, beginning of, I wanted to back up beginning at verse 1. You'll, you'll recognize this. You might not recognize verse 1 so much, but you'll recognize this in just a moment. 
In the presence of God, Paul writes to Timothy, and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Now look, first thing he does is he sets some context here, doesn't he? I mean, he says, look, in view of this, okay, this is serious stuff. In view of all this, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Okay, now he's really saying something deep here to Timothy, and he's really being very direct about what he's saying because for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, but instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to the myths. Verse 5, but you keep your head in all situations. And this is, so this is what Paul is telling Timothy. He says, Timothy, there's coming a time when people aren't going to listen because it's the truth. They don't care if it's the truth. That's not what they want. They don't want to hear the truth. They're going to want to hear something that makes them feel better. And you know what? That's the way a lot of people are today. They want to come and, and hear a message on peace. And they don't want to hear the real message about perfect, actionable peace, something that can get them through. They just want somebody to tell them it's going to be all right. You've messed up, and it's going to be all right. You just hang on. God's going to bless you, and it's going to be all right. They, just, they want somebody because they've got itching ears to hear that it's all right. That's what they, this is what Paul is telling them. And he said, so what does he tell him to do? He says, he says so you better preach. Preach the truth, even though they're going to want to hear something sweet and innocent. Preach the truth. Get serious with them. Rebuke them. Oh, my goodness. They want, they want something that sounds good. They want, they want to feel better about themselves. They want to know that it, it's all right. God loves you in spite of your sin. Yeah, he does love you in spite of your sin. But like Max Licato said, you know, he loves you just the way you are. But he refuses to leave you that way. He's not happy about your sin. I can't tell you that. I've got to rebuke you. If you've got sin in your life today, I've got to rebuke you. I've got to correct you. I've got to tell you you can't continue down that line. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy here. And so here he begins with our first point, three points right here in this verse right here. And here he begins with the very first thing. If you want to have peace in your life, don't reach for the easy. Don't reach for the, the, the stuff that's just sweet and wonderful. Reach for this. He says, first of all, you've got to keep your head in all situations, keep your head. Okay, now, introduce you to the movie, okay? Let's watch his first clip. And you see Doris, he keeps his head. So, okay, so here's the thing. He, he's got to get to the Olympics. Now, the, the, the big guy, they, they kind of nicknamed him Mule Brenner. Really cool about the movie, too. That he, knows, he never has any other name. As far as I know, we don't ever find his name. I mean, even in the credits at the end, they call him Yule, Yule Brenner. Because that's just the nickname he gets. But anyway, this big guy... His, his whole purpose is getting to the Olympics, just to get off the island. If I can just get somewhere else, instead of waiting four years, Doris falls, you know, the, this guy trips them up, they all fall, they don't make it to the Olympics. But instead of waiting four years, Doris gets an idea. These, these Winter Olympics, I'll go to them in just a few months. won't be too far down the road. I can go to them, but I won't have to wait for four years. And so, so he, he gets this idea, and he'll do this. Here's what he did. It's what he kept his head. He, he didn't just lay in the dirt. Like a lot of us do, don't we? I mean, we trip up, we mess up, or somebody else trips us up, and what do we do? We, we just lay there in the dirt. We just, we just give up. We just say, well, it's over. I, I can't do it now. You know, the, the Olympics is gone. I'm going to be four years older. I'll be four years slower in my feet. There's no way I can go to the Olympics in four years. So it's all over, and we just lose our composure, lose our head, lose our whatever. But the point is, keep your head. And, and this is what God wants to do. He wants to give you an actionable peace that will allow you to keep 
your head in all situations. That's what Paul told Timothy to do. Keep your head in all situations. But when it's all, all over and there's no hope whatsoever, what do you do? Keep your head. You know, because he kept his head and he went and he kept, he said, this is the, this is the journey I'm supposed to be on. This is the, the road I'm supposed to be on. This is my path. These are the things that have to happen. And he didn't lose his head. He didn't lose his temper. He, he just continued on and he found a way because he kept going and he kept, kept his head about himself. What he finally found a way. And you're going to see, you're going to see in some other clips and we don't have time to show a whole lot, but you're going to see in some other clips, hey, it works out for them. You know, it's, it's not a peaceful thing like some people think, but, it all begins, and it all begins to happen because Doris kept his head, because he had the peace in his head. This is going to happen no matter what. Do, do you see a peace in this guy? I mean, I mean you, you see this peace, especially when he gets the idea. I mean, it's like there's a confidence, there's a steadiness. I mean, it, aren't those also definitions of the word peace, confidence, and steadiness? I, I mean, you know, if somebody's running around like a chicken with their head cut off, you don't call them peaceful, do you? I mean, you know, that's a lack of steadiness. That's a lack of confidence. You know, when they think they're going to fail all the time, that's not peace. So, so you see this steadiness and this confidence. He has this actionable peace. And, of course, this is a Disney movie, so it doesn't have, to be, it doesn't have anything to do with God. But you and I understand exactly how this happens. We know we get this because we have the peace of God within us. But here's the thing you'll do. If you're not careful, you will squander or you'll waste or you'll throw away the peace that God wants to give you that is, that, that is perfect, that, that maintains you, that sees you through. You can throw away that peace, this actionable peace. You need to be acting in it, but instead we act on the other emotions that we have in our life. I mean, we do. What do we, we do lose our temper, don't we? Anybody lose their temper besides me ever? Okay. So a few of you are honest and a few of you are Trying to not confess to too much here, but you know, we do. And you know what? The Word of God says, be ye angry, doesn't it? Now, that's not, now listen, okay, I want you to understand, that's not a command, okay? When it says, be ye angry, that's not a command for you to be angry. It's just because there's another part after that, right? What does it say? And sin not. So the be, he's not saying be angry. Everybody's supposed to be angry. He's saying be angry and sin not. And, and you know what? There, there is a time to be angry. I mean, there, there's some times that you're supposed to be angry. But when you are angry, you're not supposed to sin. When you lose, when you lose your temper, that's not being angry and sin and not. Because when you lose your temper, let me ask you this. Do you make the situation better? No. Have you ever made a situation better by losing your temper? Have you ever made a situation better by losing your composure? Have you ever made a situation better by losing focus of where you're supposed to be going, what it is you're supposed to be doing, and who you are in Jesus Christ? No, you haven't. So we have to keep our head about ourselves. And the only way to do that is what Paul said. Keep your mind stayed on him. We've got to keep our mind focused on him, okay? So first of all, keep your head. Now, the second part of that verse says this. Keep your head in all situations and endure hardship. Oh, I thought I was coming to hear a good, peaceful sermon, and now you're going to talk about hardship. Yep, I told you, it's not about, I'm not here to tickle your ears today. I'm not here to, to scratch those itches and all that stuff. I'm here to tell you the truth. And here's the truth. I know you want the truth to be, let me just give you some peace today. No, here's the truth. It's tomorrow I'm not going to be there to give you peace. But God is. He's there to give you, and I, and I can give you peace for a few moments by telling you a cute story and those things, but God wants to give you a peace that'll last you through tomorrow and, and a peace that is actionable that you can act on that will help you endure the hardships of life. Okay? So now they've got the idea. 
Doris has the idea. I wish I could show you a lot more clips and let you see all the stuff he had to go through to make this idea come to pass, but I can't. Just show you a few things, a few of their bumps along the way. Okay. So when you stay focused on your plan, listen, things will get in the way. And if the devil has anything to do with it, he will make sure something bigger gets in the way tomorrow. And he will keep doing bigger and bigger things until you finally give up and quit. How many of you have ever, uh, you've ever started somewhere and, and you, you learned, you heard something like, um, well, there's construction over there, and so you decided to take a different route, right? You ever, anybody ever went, gone around construction or the road was messed up in some way, and so you decided to go a different route? But, you know, some people take that a little too far. I mean, you know, they want to dodge every little bump and every little pothole on the road, and so they're constantly, you know, Jerking back and forth, and, like, and I'm talking spiritually speaking right here, is sometimes what we'll do is we'll see, oh, well, there are potholes up there, so what we'll do is we'll just take a right turn, spiritually speaking, because there's, there's trouble, there's, there's bumps, there's potholes, there's hardships up in that road. Let's take this road because it looks a lot better. Y'all, y'all ever heard that old story? I mean, it's, it's an old little thing about, about the policeman finding the guy late at night, and he's, he's uh, looking for something, and the police said, what did you lose, buddy? And he said, I, I, I lost my, my engagement ring I was about to take to my fiance. He said, i got to find it, i got to find it. And so he, the policeman helps him look about a half hour. He said, look, it's not here, buddy. And, and uh, he said, are you sure this is where you dropped it? He said, no, I've dropped it two blocks over, but the light's a lot better here, so I thought I'd look here to see if I could find it better. You know? And that's the way a lot of people live their life. It's like, it's like well, but this is so much more peaceful. But the problem is that's not where you're supposed to be headed. I mean, if you continually try to dodge all the potholes in life and all the hardships and you try, to, you try to take all those out of the equation of how to get from here to there, you're never going to get to there. You're always going to be just driving around. And that's what happens spiritually. People don't make any progress in their life because they're constantly trying to dodge all the stuff the devil is throwing at them. Oh, God is telling us. He wants to give us an actionable peace, a perfect peace that no matter what the devil throws at us, we can withstand it. He gives us the shield of faith. Now, what's a shield for? shield isn't for dodging. What are you doing with a shield? You throw that shield up in front of you, and the stuff that he throws bounces off, even able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, the Word of God says. You have a shield to stand. And so you know what you can do with that shield? You put that shield up in front of you, and you just keep on going in the right direction you're supposed to go. You have to see beyond the bumps, okay? you got to focus beyond the bumps. You, gotta, you know, there, there are a lot of people in this world today that, that uh, had rather sip tea and watch TV in their recliner all day long than go and apply for a job and risk getting their heart broken by being turned down. You know, I'm, I'm serious. There are people that just can't say, well, I applied for a job one time 10 years ago, and, and they turned me down. I just never got over it, and so I, this is about all I can do. I mean, they, they, you know, let me tell you this. Most of them, maybe not all of them, but almost all of them are lying, okay? They, they, they could get over if they wanted to. But most of us, we're, a lot of us, most of us probably are the same way spiritually speaking as well because what we do is we don't want to risk. Oh, don't make the devil mad. He'll make it worse on you. Yeah, well, you know what? Then you can just stay right where you are, stay on the beach 
with Tom Hanks last week, stay in the box on the island, you know, in the little go no place, do nothing, see nothing, and be nothing in your life if you want to. Or you can tell the devil, I don't care what you try to do against me because I believe my God is able to see me through everything you throw at me because he's already provided a shield of faith that is able to quench every fiery dart you want to throw at me and every bump that stands between me and there. It doesn't matter. Just like them, God is going to get me through it. Amen? You've got to see beyond. See beyond. I I mean, do you plan beyond tomorrow? Are you just looking at tomorrow? Do you plan beyond tomorrow? Come on, think about it. I mean, think about it. Don't you plan beyond tomorrow? I mean, you're not just a... I I know I've told you about my son. You know, somebody asked me one time what his plans were. I said, I think to have Fruit Loops tomorrow morning. You know, that was when he was 16, 17 years old. And that was about the only plans he had was what he was going to do tomorrow. But we can't do that, can we? And spiritually speaking, we can't do that. But how many of us really prepare? Come on, think about it. How many of us really prepare, spiritually speaking, beyond tomorrow? What are you thinking about doing spiritually beyond tomorrow? You know, we've got this, we've got this thing in our mind, uh, this immediacy, uh, attitude in our mind that it's about what we do today. Yes, it is about what you do today. Every day you need to pray. Every day you need to be seeking God. Every day you need to be reading your Bible. Every day you need to be going after Him. But are you really making any plans for the day after tomorrow and the day after tomorrow? We need to have our focus on that. And so when you get your focus on that of where I'm going, it doesn't matter all this other stuff that's right here. You can get through it because you know where you're going. You have to see beyond the bumps. Now, the third point, and, and, and it almost, in a way, I was going to make it fit here in this sermon. There, there's a third phrase in here in this, in this uh, verse 5. And I was going to make it fit here in this sermon, but it really didn't quite fit. And I really wanted to spend a lot of time. I was telling Mike this morning, I said, I, there, I want to spend a lot of time on this third point. And so I'm going to just take it out of the sermon today because I'll spend 20 minutes just on that. I really need to spend more than that on it. So what I'm going to do with this third point, I'm actually going to use it in a pastor's class this Wednesday night. So I invite you, please be here and hear what the, about this third point, okay? Because we're going to skip it right now. And we're going on to my fourth point. So really today you only had three, okay? But you can get the, you can get the other one this Wednesday night. Here it is. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of, a, of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Now, this is New King James. I, we change here on you, but that's to keep your head. And, and uh, go back to verse 5 one more time for a second, Mike. Uh, keep your head. Remember what he said? Keep your head. Uh, endure the, endure the uh, afflictions. Do the work of evangelists. That's the third thing we'll get Wednesday night. And he says, fulfill your ministry. Okay, now, thank you, Mike. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. Paul knew he didn't have much time left on this earth. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And it's because of this, Paul said, it's because of this, I, I, I know, because of this, it's one of the things that's helped me stay on track. And he says, finally, Fulfill the ministry. What you have in your hands to do, do it. Here's the thing. If we look at Paul, we look at his, we look at his life, and, and we don't know a lot about his life before he was converted. But we do know, one of the things we know about his life before he was converted is about his education. And he had the best education that money could buy. 
I mean, he was, he, he was schooled in all the ways of the Hebrew faith. He had a great education, but you know what happened after he got saved? You know what he did? He went and spent three years just him and God getting re-educated. Not saying education is a bad thing, but he was educated in the wrong thing. And, now, and, and, and he was educated in a place that this is it, this is it, and it ends right here. But God wanted to show him, no, this was just the precursor to, what, to all the rest of the stuff. And so he went and got, and got the education just fulfilled and all that. As Christ said, he didn't come to do away with it. He came to, to, to fulfill it. He got it fulfilled in his education. And also, you know, there was another thing there. about Talk about relationships. You know, we don't know a lot about Paul's relationships, but, you know, one of the things we do know about him before he was converted, he was a mean guy. I mean, he drug people out of their houses and beat them and took them to jail. He was a mean guy. I, he probably didn't have a whole lot of good relationships before he was converted. I mean, you just look at, you look at the things that are said about him with, with threatenings. This is the kind of attitude he had. But then once he got saved, and once, once, and I, yeah, you know what? He had some bumps along the way and some relationships. But you read some of these letters right here and the tenderness that comes out of his my, mouth and out of his pen as he's writing to people that he's made relationships with. And it's like God has given him relationships. I mean, and, and you hear these things, and, and here's a guy that's just about to die and pass away. And, and what, what do you hear from him? Man, there is a confident, settled peace in him. I have fought a good fight, I have finished. And now there is waiting on me a crown of righteousness that God is... There is a peace. There, there was this actionable peace that God had put in his life that no matter what, if he had to go back to school, if he had to straighten out some wrongs and some relationships, God gave him a peace that got him through all of those things. Here's the last thing. Here's the last point. This one word, finish. Can you finish? These guys in this movie, they finished. Doris, he made sure they finished. Let's watch this last clip. Wow. I wanted to start clapping with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted to clap with them. Can I ask you a question? Did they win the race? Come on. Y'all, y'all think that's a trick question, don't you? Did they win the race? They, they didn't even really finish. I mean, they didn't place. I mean, they, were, they weren't even. I mean, you, you, you're not even in it if you don't sled across it. So they didn't win the race, but were they winners? And tell you something, God doesn't want to make you win. He wants to make you a winner. In every part of your life, in your marriage, your relationships, your education, your future, your finances, he doesn't care if you win, he wants you to be a winner. He doesn't care if you beat everybody. That's not the important. He doesn't care if you come out on top. What he cares about is, are you a winner? When you start to become a winner, and you quit being the spiritual tea-sipping, TV-watching, reclining Christian, you know what God starts to do? Oh, I believe he starts that. He says, now you're getting it. You're beginning to understand. And the hosts of heaven, the word of God talks about the cloud of witnesses. Wow. That are watching us. When you start becoming a winner, I'm not talking about when you win and beat everybody up. When you start becoming a winner, those cloud, great cloud, hosts of witnesses watching you, they began applauding as well. Because you became. Can I ask you a question? Do you want to win or do you want to be a winner? God's actionable, perfect peace will make you a winner. It will make you a winner. 
And some of you need to become a winner in some areas of your life that you've been getting beat up over, knocked down, nearly destroyed. God wants to change that. And he's ready. I started to say he wants to change that today, but no, he wanted to change it a long time ago. He's just waiting on you. You're ready for God not to make you win, but to make you a winner. I want you to stand and come down here to the front with me. Come on. If you're you're ready for God to make you a winner in every part of your life, come with me. You can't stand, come sit on the front.